Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Stay Healthy New England. I'm your host, Dr. Jessica Papa, a woman's health and myofascial expert trained PT, successful business owner and best-selling author from Rhode Island. Each month, I'll be calling upon the expertise of qualified professionals in health, fitness, nutrition, and emotional well-being to bring you the most cutting-edge health information every month, giving you the tools you need to start living your best life today. We are in a mission to broaden the collective definition of public health and well-being. We'll be interviewing doctors of physical therapy who specialize in women's health care all over the U.S., to help share useful information and knowledge about various public health concerns and conditions and highlighting where you access the very best treatment right near you. And today I have the pleasure of having Dr. Juan Michelle Martin on with us. Dr. Michelle Martin, she is a PT with a uh, pelvic floor specialist license. She specializes in treating a variety of conditions in men and women, including children. She addresses pelvic pain conditions, bladder and bowel issues, as well as sexual dysfunction issues. She's the founder of the Endo Wellness Program. Dr. Martin owns JMM Health Solutions and sees clients both virtually and in person. When not working with clients, she enjoys spending time with her family and coaching volleyball, which she does has done for about 20 years now. So let's all welcome Dr. Juan Michelle Martin. Hey, Juan. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for, for coming on and tell us um, about today's topic. Endo. Endo is one of those things that is not discussed nearly often enough. Um, but fortunately, thanks to a lot of other voices out there in the women's health community and a lot of other physicians, um, we're starting to see more information coming to the fore with regards to what endo is and how it affects women. And I mean, basically, it's it's a disease yeah you can call it that it's the disease of, of the tissue that where it tissue that's kind of like the endometrium the endometrial lining of the uterus grows on the outside of your uterus so you know it and it's kind of like remnants from just that embryonic stage of development so it's like these tissues kind of didn't didn't do what they were supposed to do and now they're just kind of causing havoc everywhere so there's this rampant growth in some people um slower in others but there's this growth on the outside of the uterus and one of the problems is is that it causes adhesions um it causes adhesions on to the ovaries to the fallopian tubes um all these different types of things it can cause pain because now these adhesions are you know on the connective tissue, the fascia. Um, so women can have pain, women can have issues with their menstruation, um, women can have fertility issues, um, all these different types of things that we can see with endo. Um, typically when we talk about endo, you know, most people think, oh, I must have endo because I've just had these extremely painful periods. Um, and that is definitely one of the telltale signs. You know, we know that a lot of women with endometriosis will have an extremely painful menstrual period, um, so much so that it is very debilitating. Um, missing school because of the menstrual cycle is actually the, the highest reason for kids, for young ladies missing school. Um, and we find that it permeates even into adulthood. And when these women are, you know, going to work, you know, they're having to miss days from work because the pain is too much to bear. Um, and so, you know, abdominal pain is, is very, very common. Um, 
pelvic pain is also very common. So a lot of women may, you know, in addition to having abdominal pain, they may have pelvic pain. Um, they may start to have pain um, with things like intercourse. Um, that they might have issues with um, bowel movements and urination. Um, oftentimes these women will have gut issues. So there's this thing called endobelly. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really great, <laughs> but, but that's what it's called. Um, you really do have to find better ways of naming things, but um, endo belly is where women start to have almost like bloating and, you know, having um, seen several women with this and even in, in, in different groups, you know, you'll see women post pictures or share pictures of themselves and they'll say, I feel like I'm like five, six months pregnant and, you know, because there's that much bloating. Um, so they tend to develop gut issues. Some women will end up having um, SIBO. So the, the bacteria in the gut, you know, is, you know, we're having issues with that. Um, and then they end up having things like constipation, which now, I mean, we've already got some pelvic pain there. We've already got some abdominal pain. When we turn around and end up being constipated, well, that's just going to add more insult to injury because now all that pressure from the feces that's essentially just trapped is just going to contribute more to the pain um, and discomfort in the area. And so these women just tend to, I mean, there can be so much going on all at one time. Um, but, t- but typically, you know, those would be like the primary, primary symptoms most people will find. Absolutely. And, and uh, to go along with some of those, just the fatigue involved with those different oh, symptoms. Oh gosh, yeah. It's definitely a part of it. Um, mental as well as physical. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, you think about days where women, you know, complain. I know, you know, thinking back to patients when they would say, I just feel like I can't get out of bed. You know, I, you know, and even if I wanted to, even if I, if I could and the pain wasn't there, you know, and I go, do you feel like you got hit by a truck? They're like, yeah, kind of like run over and then it backs up on me and then it ran me over again. Um, because they just have this very debilitating fatigue. Um, they just can't do anything. And, and a lot of that could just be, you know, just the body's response um, in general with with the pain, the chronic pain, um, just the nervous system being all ramped up. But also, I mean, if we've got these gut issues and we, you know, and that's impacting nutrition and how our body is able to digest and absorb food, then that's going to cause some issues now with your ability to really get the nutrients that you need. So now, you know, some of these women potentially could be having nutrient deficiencies um, and things of that sort. Unfortunately though, you know, a lot of them aren't getting tested for these things or a lot of them may not be seeing a specialist that's really keying into or zoning into what's going on. Um, and so with like a lot of women, they get told, okay, just take some Tylenol or take this or, you know, and that's it. Yeah, and that's frustrating on so many different levels. As you mentioned, the presentation, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, if somebody has some of the symptoms that you just, you know, described from the, you know, painful periods, painful intercourse, um, or even other pains in the pelvic or back area, and uh, digestion, what are what are some of the ruling um, factors to, to really kind of pinpoint whether or not you might have endo or not so a lot of the time you know women will have pain 
just with the periods. Um, they might be thinking, oh, it's just my cycle. My cycle is just bad. Um, a lot of women may also just have pain even in between the periods. Um, they're having they're having pain, like you said, with intercourse. They're having just chronic pelvic pain. Even sometimes now when they're not having intercourse, they're having um, the issues at the bowels with the constipation, you know, feeling as though they can't go to the bathroom. Um, some people may be having extremely heavy menstrual periods as well. Um, you know, the diet, again, if they have the gut issues, you know, in addition to constipation, there may be episodes of diarrhea. So it just can fluctuate between the two. Oftentimes, you know, women are, women are getting these, these symptoms and they're going to the physicians and the doctors are like, okay, you know, just go on hormones or, you know, take some birth control or whatnot. Um, and what you find is for a lot of these women, they may have temporary relief. Um, for others, it really doesn't do one iota of good. Um, and the, and the, the way to really definitively just tell and assess if they're having, um, endometriosis is going to be to have a laparoscopic surgery, the excision surgery. Um, they go in laparoscopically, see, you know, if there are lesions there, um, and then they can go ahead and remove because even with imaging with best efforts, you know, there can be absence on imaging so they can go in and they can say hey let's do this and you know they don't see anything and they go in there maybe you've got you know um, endometrioma or you've got something else going on a lot of the times women you know may have associated fibroids and all these different things so oftentimes if they have those things um you know they think okay well it's just a fibroid let's just handle that and then we're done um and and so pardon me you said which isn't usually you know that easy Right. But they'll, they'll, you know, they'll go and they'll have that. A lot of women um, that I've talked to, they're like, well, I had an ablation. I'm like, okay. And how's your, how's your pain? And they're like, but it's still there. Yeah. Um, Because they're told, well, if I do this, it'll take care of this. And, you know, but it's really not addressing the root cause, um, which is the endometrial tissues. And that has to be removed. Um, And so, you know, we get women again that are told, I had a young lady who was told um, by a, a gynecologist, not an endo specialist, but just by a gynecologist, you may need to have a hysterectomy when she was mid-20s. Oh, no. Did we, did we, wait, how, we just put the cart right before the horse. <laughs> like, did we, did we do anything? What is happening? Um, <laughs> and so, and, and I, I, I laugh, but be, because sometimes that's all you really can do. You're like, wow. <laughs> um, but again, you know, these women are not, are not getting, um, getting the information that they need or seeing the specialists that they need to really have, um, have these things addressed. And that in itself is just super stressful. You know, oftentimes, you know, the, the, one of those telltale signs is if, you know, as a teenager, when they're young, they already start having these signs. These, these may be calling you in, you know what, let's try to go to a specialist and get this addressed. Because for the most part in society, women are told, oh, painful menstrual periods. Yep, that's normal. Oh, you got to stay home for a day or two because your cycle's that bad. Oh, that's fine. Oh, you're Mm -hmm. bloating with the period. That's normal. Everybody bloats, you know? And so every, every symptom basically has been normalized to some extent. Right. And 
for for a lot of the <clears throat> patients that I see, um, because of you know the age ranges, they're they're really concerned and fearful and worried about fertility and whether or not they'll be able to you know have children. Um, talk to a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about you know scar tissue and fertility and and how endometriosis affects affects the um, the chances of of having a child. Yeah, so with the endometrial tissue growing, um, when you have the endometriosis, like I said, it doesn't grow on the inside of the uterus. It's growing on the outside. Well, you know, it's growing around the fallopian tubes. Typically, it's growing around the ovaries. Oftentimes, women end up with endometriomas. And if it's caught relatively early um, and you have a skilled surgeon, they can take care of that to where um, there's no harm to the ovaries um, and that they're still functional. But again, if these things aren't addressed early, then that's where it can be, you know, a little bit hit or miss because now you've got this tissue that, I mean, it's essentially almost like strangulation of, of the, the fallopian tubes or of the ovaries because of the growth of this tissue, because of all this scar tissue being laid down um, and all these adhesions, it can start to distort just the general anatomy um, of, of the uterus and so on. And in addition to that, because endometriosis pretty much in and of itself is, is like an inflammatory, it's just like chronic inflammation. You have all of this, you know, you have this chronic inflammatory response going on, um, which is just added stress. So then we think about now what is happening there because the ovaries can't, if the ovaries aren't functioning well, that's going to also mess with, with the reproductive hormones. Um, if you've got this chronic inflammation and so the body is, is feeling a sense of stress, you know, we potentially could have more cortisol and stuff being released into the body. And then when we look at the overall hormonal processes within the body, um, there can be some disruption there. And so now the hormones that we need to kind of go along with being fertile and to help this woman just kind of start with, you know, start procreating. We don't have those anymore. We don't have, we don't have access to those because of all the separate processes that are going on as a result of endometriosis. Um, so again, if, if it is relatively early, um, women can, women can still have, um, the ability to have kids and they can still, you know, they can still have full function of, of the ovaries, the fallopian tubes of the uterus, um, pretty much with, without too much bother. Um, if they're, you know, if they go in and have that addressed early, um, oftentimes with the, again, you know, because I see a lot of women also with pelvic pain. Um, and difficulties with painful intercourse, and that's also another issue because now, well, they can't they can't even engage in the act of intercourse, and so it's it's like, oh man, if it's not one thing, you know, it's something else. You know, we've got we've got the endo, we've got all the inflammation, um, we've got the scar tissue and whatnot, and then we've got the fact that they can't, from a mechanical perspective, they can't engage in, in having sex in order to go ahead and procreate. And so it, it becomes a very frustrating thing. Um, you know, I think the latest stats are almost 50% of women with infertility have endometriosis. Um, and almost, and, and, and I think they said with respect to that, about 30 to 50% of women with endometriosis um, have infertility issues. So it, it's a lot. It's a lot of women. 
That is a lot, and um, it's still boggling to realize that there is not really a, a cure, but there are a lot of ways to help manage and uh, you know achieve the goals that you're looking to achieve. Um, and I think one of those important factors is to really have a good team of, of healthcare practitioners that you um, you know know and trust so that you know like dr. Uh, Martin mentioned there's other you know things involved like gut issues there's um, you know pelvic pain and, and the tissue frictions you know creating creating basically space issues um, in the body and that you know there's a lot of different factors and to have that good team of, of healthcare practitioners is always um, advocated for um, and, yeah. and talk to about you know, management and and once you found that that right fit for you and the right therapist that's getting you there what about like longer term so i am a big proponent of a team effort especially when we're talking chronic pain um oftentimes when we're when we're talking about people with chronic pain issues it's no longer just the symptoms that are the problem it's no longer just the pain the pain has been around for so long that it has affected and impacted so much more of who this person is than just the body part so now we're talking you know psychosocial impact we're talking emotional um mental um not only physical you know their relationships all these different types of things um i usually will always recommend for my clients with chronic pelvic pain and depending on where they are and what state they're presenting to me in i would recommend them to see a mental health therapist um, if majority of their pain is associated with um let's say things like intercourse, then I might send them to the sex therapist first versus just sending them to, you know, a regular um, mental health therapist. Um, making sure that their team, in terms of their medical team, um, is, is the team that they need. Again, a lot of women have not seen an endo specialist. So they'll have the pain, they'll have the symptoms, and oftentimes, even in women who've not been diagnosed, who come to me with all these different symptoms, and you, you go back into the history, and right. you go back and you start listening to their story and piecing things together, and then you realize, you know, these symptoms all tell the same tale. And, and at that point in time, I usually just will refer them. I'm blessed to be in Atlanta and the Center for Endometriosis Care with Dr. Sinervil and Dr. Arrington is right here in Atlanta. Um, and those are the people that I recommend my clients go see. They're right here. They're like two of the top specialists in the world. Um, and so I would usually say, hey, at least go to someone who is well-versed um, in this so that we can go ahead and, and get the next steps taken. In addition to that, you know, I am a big proponent of mindfulness because we need to be able to mediate the stress, especially for those who are looking, um, just in general, but for those who are looking to conceive, you know, if they, if they're having fertility issues, definitely want to release, relieve a lot of the stress that they're having, because we know, again, the role that stress can play on hormones. Um, and the role that that can play, you know, fluctuation hormones can play then on their fertility. And so we want to make sure that they're in a good mental state. Um, things like acupuncture, if necessary, sometimes I will recommend that for my clients. Um, there are a lot of, I don't do dry needling. There may be some other therapists that do dry needling and, and they found that to be quite helpful. 
Um, you know, I do a lot of manual therapy, um, visceral, visceral mobilizations and things of that sort, um, with my clients, a lot of my fascia release and those things are helpful as well. So body work, you know, the mental work, um, just making sure nutrition wise that they're eating well. And if necessary, you know, and there's things that need to be cleaned up in their diet or, you know, we need to get maybe the family on board or something like that. If they're, if it's an older person, when I say older, I don't mean old, but you know, we're talking about maybe they already have an established family. Then sometimes it might, it might be good for them to have a nutritionist to come in and talk to not only them as a client, but to talk to the family as well, just so that they can start to, everybody can kind of get on the same page and we can get ideas. And I'm a, I'm a mom. So I'm all about making things fun, especially if they've got younger kids. Um, and I, like I involve my kids in cooking. My kids are seven and five and my kids cook with me. And I think it's a really good experience because now they get to help mom too, you know, and it's not just all on mom. I think sometimes as women, we think everything's all on us, but really we function better as a team or as a part of a team. Um, and that may just be coming from the years I played in team sports, but you know, we function so much better as a part of a team. Um, and it can be so, so empowering. Absolutely. Um, one thing that you touched upon in terms of, uh, pregnancy and it reminded me of a couple of, uh, patients I've had that were able to get pregnant after starting treatment and their symptoms, uh, you know, got a lot better, mm-hmm. but both of them, you know, did have a return, which isn't always the case, but can you talk to people's expectations a little bit, you know, if they do meet that goal of, of becoming pregnant um, and then find themselves to be a little bit let down when their symptoms return? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there are a few myths out there that circulate, and that's one of them. You know, everybody tells you when you've got endo, you should just go get pregnant because that will help. <laughs> and the reason why that helps is because of the hormonal changes. Um, right. Endo can be very estrogen driven and we have a decrease of that when we're pregnant. And so, um, and even during breastfeeding. And so that tends to help with a lot of those women that are having those symptoms, they might find, even if it doesn't completely go away, they might find that it feels better. Um, and so, during pregnancy maybe when they're breastfeeding they're like oh god life is good maybe i should have more babies (laughs) but what they find is it can come back um and a lot of women you know tend to be very disappointed when that happens similarly a lot of women are told you know that the solution for their endo is a hysterectomy but again if we look at what endometriosis is and where it is you know it grows outside of the uterus not inside if it grew inside then the hysterectomy would definitely be the answer but it's growing outside of the uterus and and what they found with a lot of the research is is that it doesn't have to be localized to the pelvic cavity it can extend into the gut they have found remnants of endometrial tissue into as far up as the lungs you know things of that sort so now removing the uterus doesn't stop the endo it doesn't stop it from proliferating it doesn't stop it from you know extending to other regions um and unfortunately for a lot of women again they have this procedure done um you know and and hysterectomies that's tough because it's you know you've got to be down for a few weeks um and and there's you know pain associated with it just like any other abdominal surgery but then to go through all that and then still have your symptoms come back 
um, because again, that's not the solution um, for endo. So a lot of women will have, will hear all these things and, and they think, oh, um, I'll be fine. The doctor said. So again, it's really important that when you see a physician, that you go to someone who specializes with dealing with endo um, so that you're not going all around the world um, and, and, and having to, you know, and having no, no solution to your problem. Absolutely. And just to kind of recap a little bit of, of all the great highlights that you've covered so far, um, try, try not to be uh, falling for the myths out there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, misinformation, but really uh, it's best to first understand the, the root cause of the symptoms and, and really be positive that it is endometriosis and don't also, you know, feel like um, it's good to mitigate what you have going on. It's, it's not always normal to feel all these different symptoms. And if you have something, speak up and, and pay attention to it. Um, just, there's a lack of awareness generally, I think. Um, mm-hmm. like, like Dr. Martin mentioned, due to that normalization of the symptoms. Um, so really you know, build that team of healthcare professionals. Really don't go for the last resort first and have the hysterectomy really get a, a better um, you know, idea of, of how you can help manage it and uh, you know, and not go for something that's going to create more scar tissue if it's not necessary. And, and again, like on some of the statistics and research, uh, um, a little bit about you know who's who's more likely and, and predisposed to having the disease. Um, it is higher risk for women um, if their mother or sister had it. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about, look at. But again, really just kind of finding that well-rounded team of, of professionals that can help you because everybody has a different specialty and, and it's a team approach. Um, Dr. Martin, what else? What did we forget? I think I think you know that's majority of, of, of the endo overview. I mean, we can we can oh gosh, we can talk about endo for a long time. <laughs> we can definitely talk about it for a long time. I will say this because I didn't mention this before. One of the solutions, presumed solutions, um, for menstrual pain, um, especially in kids and teenagers and so on, is the use of birth control pills what they found is is in kids whose symptoms don't go away they don't abate at all with the use of um oral contraceptives they found that about 70 percent of those people have endometriosis so if you're finding even with the birth control that there's you know there's nothing happening you're still having this wrenching pain you're still having these issues it, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to, again, go to a specialist because now you've got these signs, you know, you had the pain, you're on the birth control, it's been a few months, maybe it's been a year, and there's been no change, then we definitely need to know what's going on there. Absolutely. That, that's a great um thing to think about because a lot of women, you know, are on, on those and may not be uh, aware really of how they can help um sort of rule in or, or bridge that gap a little bit more, um, you know, to see if they have endo or not. But like you mentioned before, that laparoscopic um, surgery would be a really great identifier. Yeah, absolutely. And and even after the surgery, so the, the thing is, you know, a lot of women worry. There is no cure for endo. But what we can say is, you know, if with the right 
team with the right management you know if we can have um, the excision done and early identification and the excision surgery what they found is and I looked at one research article and they said you know reoccurrence rates are 20% or less um, right. and, it, and, and I think with you know a lot of the advances it may be even less than that but what we find is women are able to go on to living a quality life where they're not having to miss work um, you know, miss out on career opportunities because they're stuck at home because they can't get out of bed, where they're able to enjoy, you know, a social life. They're able to be with their girlfriends. They're able to travel. They're able to have kids because, you know, all these things have been addressed. Um, but again, it is going to be a multifactorial approach with regards to addressing the symptoms, the gut system, nutrition, mobility, movement, you know, um, pelvic health, all these different things are going to come hand in hand because again, you'll find for one, because of the nature of endo and for two, because of just the, the chronicity and, and as a result of that, the amount of things then that it can affect, we definitely need to make sure that we approach it in this way to have the best results. Well, 100% agree with you there. Uh, I just want to take a minute to let everybody know how you can um, find more information about uh, Endo and also if you need to get in touch with Dr. Martin. She's provided some links for everybody listening. I'll just kind of read these off. So her website is jmmhealthsolutions.com and her Facebook uh, page is, is there, JMM Health Solutions. She's also on Instagram as The Pelvic Perspective and on YouTube. If you just search JMM Health Solutions, you'll see her there. She's got her own podcast called Fueling Her. absolutely love that name. Um, so check that out. I'm sure it's on all the um, different platforms. Fueling Her, it's called. Yep. And a program called the Endo Wellness Program. Um, and I'll be sharing all these links in the show notes I want to thank you, especially Dr. Martin, for taking the time to help spread the mission and the word about um, about endo. And, and for all the listeners, thank you for listening. Please share it with any friends, family members, uh, people you know that this could benefit and let them know how to connect. And, and uh, we look forward to bringing you the next episode. Yeah, thank you thanks. so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I, again, any chance that I can get to talk about pelvic health and, and really educate women and educate communities is, you know, time well spent. <laughs> uh, agreed. Make sure you go all check out her podcast. I'm sure there's so many other amazing um, discussions on that forum as well. I look forward to checking it out myself. So uh, thanks, everybody, and have a great day. Thanks. Bye.